thank you. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience Week 6 DraftKings Picks and Preview. It's out of date early, so we'll call this a first look. I mean, don't hold us to everything. I mean, you should never be listening to us anyway, but more so now than ever, unless our gut reactions to all the positions and all the picks are absolutely dead on, then you can praise us. But I wouldn't take this to heart. My cheat sheet will come out on Friday when I actually do a bunch more research after the first look and talking it through and finalizing those picks. And then I'll be available Sunday morning, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time with the live show on the DraftKings YouTube channel. Then I'll update the cheat sheet directly after that. You can find it on DKPlaybook.com if you're actually super interested in who I'm picking, which you should not be doing. If you're looking for the spread pick show, that will be out Wednesday evening. Scheduling conflicts had to switch up the shows this week. But hey, we got Davis Maddock on the line from DailyRoto.com. And if you out there want to get some money off a Daily Roto subscription, all you need to do is enter the promo code the. PME at checkout on any of their products with basketball coming up. Hey, you might want to dig into that. Get yourself 10% off. So I suggest you do that. Davis, you pumped for basketball yet? You done with football? I'm not done with football, but I am, I am big time pumped for basketball. If, uh, if my, if my roto tracker is accurate, I should pretty much stop playing everything except for MLB tournaments and, uh, and NBA cash games, because those are, those are by far my biggest rates of return. Uh, how good is the Daily Roto product for basketball? I mean, it, it, if you're if you are not using the Daily Roto NBA product, it, it is it is just true that you are you are losing to the field. Every, all the high end pros at least use the Daily Roto projection model as one of their inputs, if not their primary source of projections. I, and I mean this in the kindest way. No one else is close to what Drew and Mike do in NBA, and I'm not involved with it at all. So you don't have to worry about me meddling with it. Yeah, even better. I mean, that, that's probably the best selling point that you could have put on it. So like I mentioned, promo code the PME at checkout, football, basketball, baseball, whatever you want to do, get yourself some cash off the product. But if you want to get into a draw for 20 DK bucks, easy ways to do so. And you can use it to play in the Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League, which you can find the link to in the description of this podcast or video. It's rake free. I suggest you join it. Enough people fill it up early and you reserve your spots and we'll make it bigger for for next week, which means more rake-free money, which is just free money for all of us because it's the best tournament on DraftKings. So go do that. But if you want to get in the draw for 20 DK bucks, smash the like button for the episode. Leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section. Tell me the one player you need to have in all of your DraftKings lineups this week on the main slate for week six. So no early London game, no primetime games, just the main slate, because that's what we're talking about. Also, leave an iTunes review, a Spotify review, a Stitcher review, wherever you listen to the audio podcast, and subscribe and download the podcast. But that review, five stars, DraftKings handle, something you like about the show, and you will be in a draw for 20 DK bucks. Winners announced every single Monday. You want to get into this, Davis, starting with running backs? Yeah, dude, let's do it. Let's let's crush this. Let's get people ready. Christian McCaffrey's not on this slate, so I don't know what to do at running back. What do I do? You you play fat Christian McCaffrey, who uh, who plays for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Leonard Fournette somehow has become one of the highest uh, you know market share running backs that we have. You know, one of the three running backs who's playing ninety percent of his team snaps or more. Uh, you know, we have him projected for about eighty percent of the team's rushing yards, and he has an absurd sixteen percent target rate on the year for the Jaguars. Never, never thought I would see myself touting Leonard Fournette, uh, you know, especially as the very first guy 
but uh, $6,700 at home against the New Orleans Saints. It, it's just one of those things, man. He, he really has been too good to ignore at this point. So you think that Fournette is a better play than a slightly cheaper Le'Veon Bell with Darnold back? I, you know, it's, it's going to kind of depend on, because I think, I think the total for that game might kind of shift throughout the week, but I mean, Le'Veon is, Le'Veon is a a very good play. You know, I I think both, I think there's a chance that both of them end up being cash game plays. Hmm. That's interesting. So if we go to the top of the pricing, Elliot on the other side of the ball is $8,500 against the Jets. Then it's Delvin Cook in a tougher matchup against a very good run defense with Philadelphia. Kamara at Jacksonville is a pure 8,000. David Johnson's dealing with this back problem. He's 7,600. You got Chubb, Fournette, Ingram, Le'Veon Bell, Gurley, Derrick Henry, and Chris Carson. It's weird. I actually think that of all these guys from the top end, I agree with you, Fournette's an excellent play. I think that Le'Veon is an excellent play, and a lot of that has to do yeah. with their floor, like you mentioned, for cash games because they're used in the receiving game. But Derrick Henry is in an awesome spot against Denver. Is he at, at Denver? You, th- you, think that, you think that Tennessee comes in there and uh, is, able to, is able to win? I actually do think that they're able to win this game. Uh, I think that... The Broncos potentially overachieved a week ago against a completely banged up Chargers squad, especially on the offensive line. Like the Chargers offensive line was able to get no push. The Tennessee offensive line has progressively gotten better every single week. They've been getting guys back and Denver's not good against the run. And that's the only thing Tennessee can actually do well. This, this really feels like a 25 carry Derrick Henry game. So your, your biggest issue is that right now, 25 carries for Derrick Henry probably gets you 16 DraftKings points if he no, scores. No, no, it doesn't, though, because if you're playing Derrick Henry, you have to work under the assumption that you get that big Derrick Henry play that oh, he gets. Right. So, yeah, if you're playing him, yeah, you just assume you're locking in the 76-yard touchdown on, on one of those 25 carries. Yeah, that would be the whole genesis behind the actual play. Like maybe he ends up scoring two touchdowns on two one-yard carries because they can move the ball down the field. But I think anytime that you play Derrick Henry, you have to factor in that he has that he has the long touchdown potential. We see it. It actually happens a lot. So it's like when you play Barkley. Like Barkley's good for one of these like sixty-yard runs a game. It's like oh, all right, just happens I guess I, all the time. I'll, I guess I I'm doing this wrong because I don't ever play Saquon Barkley and I don't ever play Derrick Henry. Like I just, those, those guys are the, like Barkley is always too expensive and Derek, like, it's like, man, I don't even, I think Devonta Freeman is so bad. I think he sucks so hard and I would probably play. Well, I definitely would play him over Derek Henry this week. You want to make that bet? Please don't make me bet on Devonta. These are like two of my least favorite players in all of sports, not even football, but the, I just, I really hate both of these guys. I was just trying to give the viewers my, my sense of contempt for playing Derrick Henry on the road uh, at Denver, given, you know, how that I would rather play Freeman. Yeah, I would not rather play Freeman because he legit sucks. I maybe he, he he oh so he's like Derrick Henry without the big play upside because he's never scoring a sixty yard touchdown. No, I, I will probably play Henry in tournaments. No, like not a chance I would play him in cash. Yeah, well, we don't even talk about cash on the show because cash is for losers, Davis. We're talking about trying to win a million bucks. Yeah, I mean, I think there's probably I I think. I mean, you don't, you definitely don't want to hear this, but Mark Ingram is probably a better million dollar play than Derrick Henry. Fuck that Pat bit hard pass on that. I'd rather play Gus Edwards. I mean, Mark, Mark Ingram, they just, I, and it's as someone who has Lamar Jackson and like every season long fantasy team, it is unbelievably tilting to watch Mark Ingram get these easy touchdowns. It, it, it just, it, it 
sends me to another universe of tilt that he is having this year because I have like no Mark Ingram. I never play him in DFS and I always play Lamar Jackson in DFS. So I just, I just one week, I need just like three goal line touchdowns for Lamar Jackson. I mean, this is the week Lamar Andrews and Hollywood. If he plays, then there's, there's your triple stack. Just do that. And hopefully they don't rush anything unless it's Lamar. Every, every week I, it's uh, every, every week I play Kyler, David Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald. And every week I play Lamar, Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews just every week. Well, it's funny. Like when we started like with Fournette and Bell and even Henry, all these guys are in the 6,000s. And normally because McCaffrey has been on all these slates and anytime that Delvin Cook is in a good matchup, you just pay up, pay up, pay up at running back. But do you think this could be a week where just looking at the names up there, I mean, they're obviously great names, but not necessarily in the best spots. Do you think all of this top tier goes under owned or do people just be like, Hey, I have salary cap. I'll use it on Ezekiel Elliott. I will, uh, I will, I will probably be playing a fair bit of Dalvin Cook. I, I think this is a, a pretty good spot for him. They're using him a little bit more in the uh, the passing game, and he's actually ran bad on touchdowns. Like if you just if you go under the base assumption for every position that every 100 yards kind of roughly equals a touchdown, that's not that's not the exact formula in terms of expected touchdowns, but it's kind of there. Cook is actually like kind of running bad on touchdowns. I I just. I just don't, yeah, I'm with you on that. And his usage in the receiving game when he's not able to run actually mitigates a lot of the problems that he might have. You just give him extra touches and then you get him into space and he can break off one of these big plays. I just have a feeling no one's going to use either Kamara or Elliott. That's just my initial thought on it, just looking at the pricing or Chubb for that matter. Yeah, I mean, well, this is this is the way the this is the way the public thinks of thing. What what happened last week? So so if they sucked last week, you can pretty much just go ahead and lock in decreased ownership for them the next week. So I, I mean, really, Nick Chubb. I mean, Nick Chubb might be seven percent owned in big tournaments at this point, like because he even lost a little bit of third down work to Dontrell Hilliard as well, which I you know I don't know if that will be something that that it has not been true in every game. It might not be true in this game. And also, you know, I, I think Seattle is probably a little bit, I mean, the, the, the market like Las Vegas does not think that Seattle is as good as, uh, as other people do because this game is, is very tight it, right now. Only Seattle is one and a half point favorites against the Browns. Yeah. The Browns were two and a half point favorites before the Monday night game. That would have been the parlay, just the pick on the Browns parlay. You pick minus five and a half for the 49ers and parlay that with, I don't even know if the book would let you do it, but probably with the Seahawks for week six against the Browns, knowing that if the Browns lose the first game, that line is immediately going to change. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that I in Canada they probably let you guys do whatever you want with the books. It's a little bit different for us here in the states. No, that's a bummer. So, any David Johnson? Do you think like will people be scared off because of the injury? So, I guess the one question is, do you think he plays? If he plays, do you play him, or do you just wait and see and maybe use Chase Edmonds if it comes down to it? Uh, DJ is going to play, and DJ is definitely going to be in my lineups. This is, I have said this every week, I think, but this is finally going to week. This is finally going to be the week where the Arizona Cardinals score 30 points and Kyler Murray actually runs good instead of bad on a, on touchdowns. But if David Johnson does not play, I, I might just play chase Edmonds in everything and all of my lineups. I, I just will press the lock button and play him in, you know, 
1200 lineups or whatever. I just, he, there will not be a better play on the slate than Chase Edmonds with no David Johnson. Yeah. $4,600. That, that would be an auto play. Like even yeah. just looking down in that territory, there's actually some good, like just looking down at the very bottom of the list here, there's actually some decent plays this week. I think from down here, if you want to save money at running back, which is something that we haven't really seen the past few weeks, like, I don't love Jordan Howard, but I don't mind Miles Sanders. Like, it's a bad matchup against the Vikings, and it's presumably going to be difficult to run. Of course, if they get near the goal line, Howard's going to get the touches. But without Darren Sproles likely to play, I feel like that just means more Miles Sanders in the passing game, and maybe you can sneak him through, and he's not very expensive. He's $4,200. And if you just play the coach and you play the narrative, then you play the matchup, it appears like the Skins want to run the ball, Davis, which means a lot of Adrian Peterson. Yeah, I won't be. Well, I'll have, I'll have uh, zero Washington professional football players in any of my lineups. They, they suck so hard. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll play the defense a little bit, but I won't be playing Adrian Peterson. A guy, a cheap running back who I will play, Tevin Coleman, 4,400. 16 carries in his first game back, 6.1 yards per carry. No work in the receiving game, but didn't really, you know, just didn't really need it. Played about 35% of the snaps, but expect him to get a little bit more involved this week. I, I, I think he's a pretty strong play. He is. He's, what would you say? He's 4,400. He's right below that. Then you have like Royce Freeman against Tennessee. You have Philip Lindsay, who turned out to be a really nice play last week, but he's now 5,300. Yeah, I, I, here, here, I will bet you, I will bet you Lindsay versus Henry straight up. All right, deal. Deal. 25? Yeah, 50. Okay. Booked. Henry v. Lindsay, 50 bucks. I got Derrick Henry, Davis. Henry. I wonder if our I wonder if our projections agree or if I okay, yeah, I did. I we have Lindsay two points better. You have Lindsay two points better than Derrick Henry? Mm-hmm. Well, you watch out. Uh, does that so that's pure DraftKings points, right? So bonuses included. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Lindsay's even come close to hitting him. Oh, no, he did hit the bonus last week, but it's mostly just that um, he's the primary goal line back, and he actually runs pass routes, and uh, Derrick Henry does not. Derrick Henry loses all that to Deion Lewis. Yeah, but he the market share of touches for Derrick Henry in that backfield, although Deion Lewis plays 40% of the snaps, he never touches the ball. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's like Giovanni Bernard, right? Giovanni Bernard actually plays a, a bunch of snaps and just literally never touches the ball. It's crazy. Um, some other, like, what do you think people are going to do at running back? Do you think people are going to, like, do the double pay up, pay down? Because, like I said, there, there's options down here, whether you like Tevin Coleman, whether you like Adrian Peterson. Carlos Hyde is actually in a pretty good spot against Kansas City at 4400 bucks for the way that they use him. Like, he's, he's actively not good, but the Chiefs' run defense is also not good. It's kind of hard to get a sense of these things. I think it looks like some of the most popular guys are going to be Fournette, Bell, um, Cook. I think Lindsey is going to be kind of popular. I think Carson will be pretty popular. And then assuming we get some sort of report on David Johnson's health, I think he'll be pretty popular too. Could you see yourself ever playing Kenyon Drake? I cannot ever see myself playing Kenyon Drake. 4,400. But I'm saying like, I mean, if Edmonds opens up, he's going to be in everyone's lineup, and then it's a definite pay down. But I think that people will either for, depending on how they utilize the late swap or they construct their lineups, I think this is a three-quarterback week for a lot of people, just by the looks of the pricing. Yeah, I mean, running I mean, running back spots are just too valuable to be playing guys who can't get 30, I think. Well, okay, out of all the guys from down here, besides Tevin Coleman, who you like, uh, 
And let's say David Johnson plays, so it takes Chase Edmonds off the board. If anyone in the $4,000 and $5,000 below area who could get to 30 points? Like I could see, I can come up with a narrative that Carlos Hyde gets there just because he scores a bunch of touchdowns. Uh, I would say the the guy I think actually who who could get there would be Ito Smith because he just gets all those goal line touches and they don't give those to Devonta Freeman at all. And he had six targets last week. I, I could just see him scoring twice, getting six receptions and, you know, maybe breaking, breaking one off. Maybe Gus Edwards because Mark Ingram reeks. Yeah, I mean, an in-game injury, certainly, I guess, but it just, Gus, just, he doesn't, he has not, you know, he hasn't had more than uh, eight touches in any of these games, so yeah, it would, but, would be hard for him to get there. But but even, like, no, no matter how teams utilize their starting and backup running backs uh, against the Bengals, two running backs always seem to go off. Maybe that'll be Lamar this week, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I hope, I hope it's Lamar. All right, let's talk about some wide receivers then. At the top, uh, will people go back to Julio at eight thousand bucks, or are they just scorned? Uh, Julio's just going to got one of those, and oh, against Arizona, yeah. I mean, he's going to be the most owned guy. I don't know if he is or not. Like, I think Cooper Cup at seventy one hundred bucks is objectively the best play on the slate for receiver. Yeah, I mean, he he's got to be one of the highest value guys. Yeah, uh, the 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 much more interesting thing is uh is odell he is priced at sixty eight hundred dollars i don't want to use him do you i mean it's going to be very hard for me to not play odell beckham i think you'd be better off like both guys on either side of him i think are just better plays whether it be Thielen, who's in a great spot against Philly, or if Tyreek Hill plays, just wait it out and play Tyreek Hill. Instead. I'd rather gamble on a gimpy Tyreek Hill at like 60% than Odell at this point. Well, Tyreek is not going to play unless he's you, 100%. Well, I mean, it looks like he's getting closer to that. I, I was just doing some waiver wire stuff this morning because I was thinking about how much I got a bid on freaking Pringle Chip. And uh, I, I don't, my, my takeaway from what I have heard from the organization is that uh, he's not not taking part in any contact drills yet. And he's just kind of sort of been limited, has not been able to practice fully. I think it'll be one more week before we see him. Okay. So if he ends up, because this is the game that everyone's going to want exposure to, right? The the Texans and Chiefs game. What are the best parts of this game, assuming both Watkins and Hill are out? Because it definitely looks like Watkins is going to be out. So, I mean, I think the best parts of this game are McCall Hardman, uh deandre hopkins and travis kelsey so you think that will fuller ends up being bad chalk oh it's just like they like he might set new definitions for chalk (laughs) and you will not you you will not be eating all the chalk hit last week i i will only play him i will i will set a rule in the daily road optimizer where uh he has to be in like so if Will Fuller's in a lineup, it has to be with Deshaun Watson or Mahomes, and then that'll correlate with my rule where because both of those guys are so expensive, I will also have them, you know, minimum double stack. So basically Fuller will only make my runs if he is in a game stack. How much is Pringle on the slate? Dude, they messed up. I can't he's even find him. He's he's thirty five hundred. And so, I mean, I guess DraftKings didn't mess up, it's just they set the salaries out before this game happened. So if both those guys are at Hill and Watkins, how owned do you think? Like, will Pringle be higher owned than Auden Tate was last week? It'll be the same. Yeah, it'll be it'll be the same thing. You know, 85, 90% in cash games. And I, I don't even know what Tate was owned, 40% and stuff in tournaments. 
but you you just like is there any value to fading that yeah there's yeah there's tons of value in fading it they're like would you would you fade it though depends on how many teams i was making if i was making 20 yeah i i'll you know i make crazy amounts of teams so it just is it's like a super risky position to full out fade that guy in that many teams but yeah if i was making 20 teams unless it was a game sack i'd just go zero i think especially because there's there's not anyone super expensive you're trying to get in this week like unless you're playing double elliot cook kamara or whatever you you just you you have room to get creative with these teams i mean you you could go to the double julio and deandre just because they let everyone down last week and that's where you spend your money yeah, uh, I mean, I, I definitely think like so. Like, just let me let me look at this real quick. Let me see the salary left. If if you go if you go Watson, Hopkins, Julio, um, you play Kittle at tight end, who's like the mega chalk. Uh, let's so let's say we get Edmonds in here, and uh, we will throw uh, who'd we say Le'Veon Bell, super valuable. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think I think Pringle is going to be very chalky, dude. Very so, chalky. So if Hill and, and uh, I mean, Hill sitting benefits Hardman. We know that. If Watkins is out, it does seem to benefit Pringle the most. But this all just kind of leads to no one playing Demarcus Robinson. Yeah, and I mean, Demarcus Robinson. So the reason why Demarcus Robinson is, uh, I think, kind of, like, I think Demarcus Robinson, he plays the Chris Conley position, which is, uh, you know, he clears out space for Travis Kelsey and the other guys. And, if Robinson gets it done, it's going to be on very limited target volume. And Pringle is going to play that, uh, like the move role, you know, and we saw that he immediately came in with nine targets and Watkins, six, eight, 13, 11 targets. That that role in that offense is just more valuable than the role that DeMarcus plays. All right. So what about these other 6K guys? Like we talked about Odell, but Thielen's there. I like Thielen a lot. Uh, in this spot, I like him way more than Diggs, Boyd, Lockett, Hollywood Brown, Larry Fitzgerald, Terry McLaurin against a terrible Dolphin secondary, and it seems like no one really wants to start any of these Redskins. But even last week, he was still pretty good against the Patriots. Uh, McLaurin is fine. He's got like a pretty good air yards profile, and and he does get valuable targets. I mean, I just I will absolutely I will absolutely not be playing a wide receiver who catches passes from Colt McCoy. Just no way, not interested. But it was fine when it was Case Keenum. Case Keenum pushes the ball a little bit. He 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 is not afraid. Like he's not afraid to turn the ball over. Colt McCoy is super afraid to turn the ball over. That's like what coaches like about him. Think that I'll lock in Cooper Cup. I, like I said, I think that he's the best play at receiver here. Dude, Wa- Amari Cooper is $100 cheaper. That's fine. I think Cooper Cup is better. <laughs> Cooper Cup, I mean, well, maybe. I don't know. It's very close. Not enough for me to lock any. Like, I, not, I would not lock in either one of them. Yeah, but I'm probably going to play like five lineups. I, I want to make sure I have max exposure. I mean, we have we have Cooper Cup for more points than Amari Cooper, which I am... Of just like I'm looking at this, just shocked. How does that surprise? You? I haven't I haven't rated as my like in season long fantasy. There is no wide receiver I would play over Cooper Cup this week, especially if Cooks is out. Because it's just it violates like core tenets of my beliefs. Cooper yeah, what, Cup is not that, fast and not a special athlete, and Amari Cooper is like the most athletic dude in like the NFC. That's real racist, Davis. I'm sorry to tell you. I mean, it doesn't have anything to do with his color. I hate, I hate all slow NFL players. I just, I just, I think it's such a disadvantage to be slow in the NFL. And 
Cooper Cup is playing a different role. He's playing a different way this year. He was really good catching touchdowns, like being a red zone threat for them last year. But now the dude is out there looking like he's like, He's look, he looks like Julio Jones. Like he's just bowling dudes over and running away from guys. It's crazy. So you, you would not endorse my Cooper cup, Adam Thielen lineups. Maybe I'll get Julie. I'll Thielen, Thielen, Thielen is really athletic. Thielen's really fast. So, I mean, I think you could build around those two guys this week if you really wanted to, and they're not, they're expensive, but they're not super duper expensive. So I think Thielen seems like a little bit of like a, you're, I think that's a little bit of whatever I saw last week is going to happen this week because he only saw he only saw eight targets. The passing volume in this offense still is not good. Yeah, but it should uh, it, just, it should be a lot higher against Philadelphia, and it's an easier matchup somehow than against the Giants. Well, I mean, I, I don't I don't weigh like, I don't know what are the Philadelphia corners really bad? I yeah, like you, I, just, I don't like, weigh like that the, stuff like the, super the, heavy. The entire secondary is putrid. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. We have Thielen. Who are we? We're comparing Thielen to who? I, have, I mean, we have Thielen projected well, but like in terms of like value, like we have Odell way better. Yeah. I mean, what do you have Odell projected for? Somewhere around like 18, 19 points? Yeah. 19. Yeah. He's not getting there, man. <laughs> man, I don't know. I, I don't, I, I somehow have to think that Baker is not this bad, although he really like, it's crushing to see how bad he's been playing because I really like Baker. And uh, I, I thought this Brown stuff was going to work. And it just kind of seems to me like Baker is really regressing, not handling like any of this pressure very well, both in terms of off the field stuff and, you know, just being really bad under pressure in the pocket. And it seems like the coaching staff has no idea what to do. Like they, they do not know how to make things easier for him, which is wild because it, it seems so simple. Uh, any chance you think we get Christian Kirk back this week? Because I don't, which means I'm going to be sucked into playing one of these loser Cardinals receivers that aren't named Larry Fitzgerald, and I'll pick wrong, and they'll have zero points. Keyshawn, bro, seven targets last week. He he could have it seven targets and a carry last week. Man, I, I I will be playing Keyshawn again for sure. But it was Sherfeld who they every time that they got close to the end zone, they were trying to throw it to Trent Sherfield. Yeah, uh, and that stuff that stuff is just gonna it's gonna just be different every week. I think with what they do close to the end zone. I mean, Sherfield only had Sherfield only had three targets, but he did have one like just you know dead in the end zone. I, I think Keyshawn is Keyshawn is the one who who just straight up played the like he just subbed in for Kirk's position. Well, I mean, there's a possibility that Demir Bird comes back too, and he was playing like 98 percent of the snaps before he got hurt. Yeah, and that's who that's who Sherfield was feeling in for. I I hope Demir Bird does not come back because I don't want to be forced to make a decision for him at forty one hundred in my Kyler stacks. Anyone in the five Ks stick out to you as like a good play? Because the only one I can find, like I'd rather play Jarvis Landry over Odell for the price point. Oh my dude, the five K five K is loaded. We got we got Ridley, we got Woods, we got Gallup, we got Shark, we got Hardman. Uh, I think all of those guys are. We got Cortland Sutton. I think all of those guys are totally guys I'll be loading up on in tournaments. Shark's gonna be tough. Like he can definitely break it, but Lattimore's been shutting everyone down. He's gonna be on Shark. He shut everyone down the last two games, and then was absolutely horrible the previous three games i just i you're not going to find someone who pays less attention to like wide receiver cornerback uh impacting projections than me yeah i think it's pretty something pretty valuable to look at especially if you're weighing between two guys that are close 
I think it's something that people really use because it's something that um, just seems simple and it's, it's easy to make a decision based off of that. But I, I've never seen anyone do like any kind of qualitative study onto like how much of an impact it actually has. Isn't this what Clay does every single week? Well, he does. He puts them out. And I, I mean, all of Clay's work is really valuable, but he doesn't, he doesn't like, I, as far as I am concerned, he's not done, or as far as I'm aware, he's not done any analysis as to is, if, is this stuff sticky year to year? Is it sticky week to week? Um, you know, like I, I just, I, I know that you can say, okay, over the last five weeks, Marshawn Lattimore has not allowed X, Y, and Z to opposing wide receivers. And then I, it's just, it's just hard for me to say, you know, who actually gains the advantage in those matchups. I mean, what if DJ Shark is just better than Marshawn Lattimore? Like, it just seems like it's kind of hard to, to qualitatively say that stuff. Okay, so 4K range then. Is this where we start to get devoid of the talent? Like, can we go back to Auden Tate? Because people will not go back to him, despite the fact that he's still only 4500 bucks. So he played every single offensive snap for the Bengals. So I like that. I, I like that he just basically played the John Ross role. The issue with him is, uh, again, uh, he just is not fast, not very athletic. Not He just is kind of a, a whatever kind of guy. So I, I will play him some, probably not go back to him super hard. Uh, I will say if there are going to be Miami Dolphins that I'm going to play, it's going to be Devontae Parker and Preston Williams. They would be the only ones that I would play. But this 4K range seems pretty dead. Uh, Robbie Anderson at 4K with Sam. Yeah, Ro- Robbie Anderson. Yes. Yeah. Like, like, could you get away with Darnold, Anderson, Crowder, Stack? Assuming, like, I don't know if Herndon's going to be back or not, whether they're going to play him or not. He's eligible to come back because I would probably end up using him. The Jets just in this week in general, I find very intriguing because they're all so cheap. Yeah, I probably, I won't use Darnold at all, but I definitely will use um, some Robbie Anderson for sure. Just because he's a really good stack filler because he's a guy who can actually get like 25 independent, like of the quarterback having a good game. Well, Crowder's kind of the same way because it's just such an easy completion. I just worry that if Herndon comes back, he then starts to take some of those routes where Sam would just dump it off uh, to Crowder and then he can just dump it off to Herndon. Yeah, Herndon and and uh, Demarius Thomas played more than uh, than anyone expected last week as well. Saw saw nine targets, so I think there's some threat that Demarius Thomas and Jamison Crowder kind of split that role. Do you have a preference between Parker and Preston Williams? Because Albert Wilson looks like he's going to be back too for the Dolphins. Yeah, I have a pretty strong preference for Devontae Parker, who sucks so bad. He he's horrible, but he gets the air yards he gets like when that when they throw deep once a quarter it goes to Devonte parker he he's like third in the nfl in air yards or something stupid like that sure but i mean part of that has to be factored in that he can barely catch and that the guy throwing him the ball can't throw the ball on target yeah i mean i don't the the, the real answer is playing any of these guys is probably bad but uh, also i i lied Devonte parker is like 13th in the nfl in air yards but uh part of that is that they just had a bye week but I, I mean, these guys are not good plays. The ceiling is just so low on them that it's hard to see them being good plays. So besides Pringle, heir to the chip fortune in the 3K range, is there anyone else? Or is this why people will pay down at running back? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Keyshawn is I think Keyshawn is playable. I think Robbie Anderson is playable. You could maybe get away if you if you wanted to play one of these horrible Washington guys, I think maybe you could play Trey Quinn. Debo Samuel, 4,300. And then if Demir Bird is out, Trent Shurfield is the dead minimum. So maybe 
you could play that. But I, I'm not enthusiastic about any of these plays at all. I don't think any of them are as good as Auden Tate was last week, except for Pringle. Hmm. Demarius Thomas, Marquise Lee. Yeah, this isn't great down here. I'm not going to lie to you. Oh, Marquise Lee is such a dude. That guy should just retire. Poor guy. He can't even be that old. He's coming off a knee injury. And he just, he's been like, he just is not needed. DJ Shark is amazing. And DD Westbrook is a good slot wide receiver. And Chris Conley's performing perfectly fine in his role. They just, they just don't need him. Well, I fell into this trap last week because I thought that Bradbury would end up doing a better job on DJ Chark. And like you pointed out, maybe the stuff doesn't matter and Chark goes off. If in this matchup, though, Lattimore does have a better game against DJ Chark, that would lead me to Didi, who is still seeing a bunch of targets and he hasn't quite had the big game we've been waiting for. I think uh, I think Didi's pretty strong. Uh, I, I think he definitely there's there's definitely just going to be some reversion towards the averages. I also I think Gardner just having a horrible game is is certainly in play here. You know he's playing like he's just been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I, I, I like Gardner and I think he is going to be you know a multi year starter in the NFL. But the, the Saints defense is is solid and also there's just as a chance that Gardner regresses to the, the mean expectation of a six round undraft or a, a six round quarterback, which is, is not great. So, it, and DD and would benefit from that, right? Because he's the one who gets all those easy targets close to the line of scrimmage. I mean, Gardner has been good. I wouldn't say he's been great. He is horrible under pressure. He just like drops the ball sometimes. Yeah. I mean, and that, that happens, right? That that's what, that is what you're going to expect from quarterbacks who were drafted in the sixth round. You just don't, they're just not always going to smash. Ah, I see. I assumed everyone was like Tom Brady. They're not all like Tom Brady. I wish they were. It'd be uh, how much, how much of our life would be easier if every quarterback was just good, right? How much more fun would fantasy football be? Oh, it'd be significantly less fun because then we wouldn't be talking about Trent Sherfield. Dude, Tyler's good. Tyler's all right. He's fine. I I was pretty I was pretty impressed with that with that game winning drive last week. I thought I thought that was like a, kind of a big thing. If he would have messed that up or thrown an interception or given the Bengals the win, I I would have been bummed out. So I was I was glad to see that uh, that drive. Hey, if you need to charge down the field and get a field goal, I mean Kyler Murray's your guy. Oh, and no, no doubt. I mean, those, those field goals, uh, they, this is Zane Gonzalez has 17 field goal attempts through, uh, through five weeks. It's so bad. Cliff is such a coward. It's so bad. I don't get it. Like I, I thought his entire thing was like, Oh, I'm going to run the air raid. We're going to be super aggressive. And like, Oh, it's, it's fourth and one from the one better kick a field goal. It, it's just like it, it i i really don't get it i i do not get it at all like it 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 is it is definitely the exact opposite of uh you know of what we what we expected but it, at least uh at least we've realized it early right and, and people are starting to bail on the cardinals though though they've been okay for fantasy yeah i i, I actually like let's, let's talk about quarterbacks and i like kyler a lot this week i just think this is a game where atlanta can dictate some pace Atlanta's not good but they should be able to score enough against the Cardinals to force the Cardinals to actually go for these touchdowns and maybe that just leads to broken plays Kyler scrambling rushing for touchdowns I would uh I would love it I would be I would be all there for uh for you know Kyler the the four touchdown game yeah because like Kyler's 6,500 bucks and the guys above him yeah like Mahomes who's 75 Lamar Deshaun Watson Russell Wilson are the only guys above him 
it's hard to really pick and choose between those guys. I think they're all just excellent plays. Who do you think the one is who's going to be the least owned? Mahomes? Yeah, because people just saw him suck on uh, on Sunday night, and he's the most expensive, so that j- those two things generally correlate. I, I would think that Watson and Wilson end up being the highest owned. I can see myself, like I, I, I'm almost like you every week. I just use Lamar and just wait for the game to happen. Yeah, the, the guys that I include in my player pool every week are Lamar and Kyler and Dak. And, uh, you know, just kind of – Dak has been good. His Dak was Dak was pretty good last week. The double stack with Gallup and Cooper just did not include Will Fuller in those lineups. Well, that's a bummer. Or Christian McCaffrey. Or No, no, McCaffrey fit in some of those. But you needed, you needed Aaron Jones, too. Yeah, and you needed Eagles D. Although Aaron Jones is a very, this happened to me two weeks ago, I think it was, that I just passed on the very logical game stack. Uh, I did the Andrews, Hollywood Brown, and Lamar stack, and I brought it back with Beckham instead of Nick Chubb, and Chubb scored like 45 points. Tough. What am I, what am I doing? Tough, tough, tough. It's bad, bad news. Uh, any cheapo quarterbacks you like? I mean, Cousins yeah, I mean, versus Teddy. Philly? Teddy, man. Teddy threw the ball deep last week. Finally, 314 passing yards, four touchdowns. I, I probably won't include him in my player pool. I'd probably be more likely to do Gardner, but uh, I, I don't hate either one of them, really. I think I would go with Cousins over those guys. Yeah, I mean, you seem to you seem to love you seem to love yourself some Kirk Cousins. I just like anyone playing Philadelphia, except for like Luke Falk, who couldn't do anything, but almost everyone that you can play against the Eagles, they're going to throw for like 300 yards. I think the biggest issue with playing the Vikings passing game is if the game goes how the coaching staff wants it to, they are going to throw the ball 18 times and you're just going to have no outs. I understand that, but I don't think that a lot of people are going to play Kirk Cousins to begin with. And if I'm telling myself a story of this game, I think that they'll be able, I think the Eagles will be able to generate enough points against Minnesota to keep them passing the entire time. And if it turns into a situation where the Eagles run defense, which is quite good, ends up stuffing Dalvin Cook, then you just get Dalvin Cook involved in the passing game. And then I inherit all those passing yards for Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I mean, the thing, I guess the bigger thing is, is I don't worry so much about ownership at quarterback because ownership rates at quarterback are generally pretty flat. I, I think the the biggest spot to be conscious of making chalk choices is at uh, at wide receiver. You really don't want to be super heavy on, on chalk wide receivers. Yeah, I'm not too concerned about like Cousins ownership versus the other ownership, unless something like Mahomes is like, oh, there's 2%. 2% owned Mahomes. I would just blindly play Mahomes at that point and be like, well, I mean, you ma- might, you might get 8% owned Mahomes this week. I mean, that's not that huge of a difference than normal. The The thing that might jack Mahomes ownership way up this week though, is Pringle. So if Tyreek and Watkins are out the Mahomes Pringle, it's just like, it's so easy to do that. He might, that, that would influence his ownership upwards. Well, the easiest way to look at this and try to figure out who we should be stacking, which quarterbacks to play, like the Ravens offense is projected for a bunch of points. That game total is only at 48, but they're favored by 12 points. Uh, The game stack for Houston and Kansas City, it's a 55-point game total. The Falcons and Cardinals is 51.5. I like to find sort of the high total game that no one really wants a piece of, and it might be Goff, Cooper Cup, Gerald Everett, and bringing it back with your boy, Tevin Coleman. 
Yeah, I, I, I like I like that. I, I like I like that. Uh, I like that. That game is really interesting for game sacks, actually, because there are there are so few good plays on San Francisco. And like you could just make the rule like if Jared Goff minimum two uh, and then you could do you could do Burita, maybe Goodwin and then definitely Kittle. I don't know outside of Kittle that I would want to play any of the receiving options because I we always think of they're Goodwin. They're so bad. They're yeah, all so bad. We, like, we think in our minds, like, oh, well, Goodwin, if you play him, he could have three catches for 179 yards and two touchdowns. But that that is but not it's how only he happened. In, it's only happened in one game. Yeah, and that's not how he's even being used this year. Like, the A dot is way down for him. He's basically like Zay Jones. <sighs> Tough scene. I loved Marquise Goodwin in, like, the 18th round and all those best balls. Not great. But, and the thing is that San Francisco just hasn't needed him, really. They've kind of, they've just been steamrolled everybody. Yeah, and Kyle Shanahan is using his receivers like the Eagles use running backs. Like, no one's playing 100% of the snaps. You have, like, Richie James coming in, and I can't catch Dante Pettis. He's seeing the field. And Debo is out there. Like, out of all the guys, Debo is my favorite of the receivers, and I'm not going to play him. And, 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 J-Matt, J-Matt, J-Matt is back. He's not going to be active for this game, though, is he? Like, what? why have... Why no, no I think I think he is. I, I think they they brought him back. They let him sit for a week. I, I think I think he actually might be active for this game, which is just it's so funny. It's just the 40 like I, I was sitting down doing showdown stuff for that slate. And it was like, you look at San Francisco, they have three tight ends, six wide receivers, three running backs, like no team. Well, and four if you count use check like you just no one has like more ridiculous options than the 49ers. Do you think that with use check out six weeks that they'll activate Jeff Wilson to be a fullback or something like that, or just roll with the three running backs? No, they'll probably sign a different fullback or they'll use Ross Dwelly or Garrison, uh, Garrison Sanborn as a, uh, as a fullback. Yeah. Or maybe who is their like backup? Do they still have a uh, Selleck's brother as the back no he's ross dwelly and sanborn are that guy now are are garrett selleck so they can just play eight they can basically play h back exactly yeah yeah all right tight ends uh kelsey's extremely overpriced can you see using him in anything that's not a chief's game stack Mm, yeah because the because he like no one is running worse than travis kelsey right now he actually had his season high in targets last week and uh is not going to be owned because everyone these are the plays everyone's going to make. Oh, no. I, George, I, Kittle. George Kittle, Gerald Everett. Those are the two plays everyone's going to make. No, people are going to play Disley, too. I and, mean, and oh, my gosh, you were missing the Pat. Oh, yeah, How Hooper. dare you yeah. miss? Yeah. yeah. It's just like, oh, dude, the flow chart, bro. The float. Uh, I need, I need Smiths to be on this show. But, yeah, uh, the Hooper, Hooper and Kittle would not surprise me if they made up 45% of the ownership in the millionaire maker. See, I think that I think you're underestimating the ownership that's going to come in on Gerald Everett. Cause if you can bring, if you can bring down, well, you do can, you think, do you think Brandon cooks is going to play in this game? I, I don't know, but I don't think it, that it matters. The one thing that I found a correlation with as it pertains to, especially like sleeper ownership and guys at lower prices is, is that guy hot in season long fantasy waiver wires this week? And like the big pickup is Gerald Everett. So people are going to use him at 3,600 bucks. They will. Yeah. He, he's going to be, he's going to, I, I don't, mm, he's going to be owned, but he is not going to be as owned as Kittle and Hooper. Maybe not. I can see Dude, Hooper. 50, I can. I can $5, see two hundred dollars, Gerald. Kittle. That's crazy. 
That is absurd. He just had his one good game. Maybe he goes back to blocking again. I mean, he almost had two touchdowns in week one. So it's like, it was pretty close. He, he, he is such a crusher. George Kittle's so good. So at, at similar ownership and at similar prices, you would play Kittle over Hooper for sure? Oh, big time. Yeah. Hooper's been really good. Yeah, I love I love Austin Hooper. I, I think he's great, but his his like 90th percentile outcomes are not close to Kittle's, and Kittle has a better median projection too. Although it's super close between the two of them. They're they're well, no, it's not. They're like they're like four points apart in our stuff. Does this mean that we're just going to have no ownership on Mark Andrews? Mark Andrews is actually right now by 0.02. So like decimals is projected as our highest value tight end. But this is a keep in mind, we're recording this really early. So there there's a, this stuff is going to get tweaked a little bit, but yeah, I I think that, I think, yes, he was going to be crazy low owned. Yeah. I was going to say, once you factor in ownership, he might be the best play of all these guys. Yeah, I, I don't even I don't even disagree, especially if so if we get a report, Mark Andrews, his foot doesn't hurt anymore, he's good to go. Marquise Brown's gonna be limited. I mean, you could see like a 13 target game for him. Sure. And like off Gerald Everett, he's 3600. If Herndon does play, like he's viable at 35. Yeah, I like him. The issue we and we've just seen this guys coming back from these suspensions and from these holdouts, they uh they just don't play their full complement of snaps right away. That that's the only concern with I have with him. Otherwise, I really like him. How about a guy who's definitely going to play the full complement? If no Jordan Reed or Vernon Davis around, you can get your main man, the sprinkler, at twenty six hundred bucks against the Dolphins. Uh, probably, probably. I think I would rather play Tyler Higby. I can see the like if you wanted to get off of Everett and just. Be like, oh, yeah, everyone's on Everett. That definitely means Higby's going to get all the touchdowns. I see that. Exactly. But this is a great spot, especially with Colt McCoy, like these these high percentage, like low upside routes. That that screams Jeremy Sprinkle. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm like relatively interested in that. And, and like if you have to save money, he's $2,600. Man, I just, I don't know. All right. I just you- know I don't want to play. I Colt. Dude, Cole McCoy is so bad. Like, 12 targets from him might be 6 DK points. <laughs> so, okay, would you rather play Sprinkle at 2600 bucks, or go to defenses and be like, oh, the Jets are 1500 bucks? Oh, Jets. Jets, for sure. Yeah, not like, is, even close. Is it a good play? Like, I can't figure it out. I don't know if it's a good play, but it's like, all you really need is like 6 points for it to be fine. Not not in, not in a tournament though, because you're not getting away with six points. Like you can but talk think about think about no. how value like if if a pick six in this game from them like makes them one of the most valuable plays of the slate. No, no, I, I get that part of it, but like if you go into it thinking, oh, they only need to score four x, and like I have supreme value, like that six points isn't doing any fucking good. Yeah, I mean, like six points in like the millionaire maker doesn't do any good, but just like the range of outcomes is so, and they're even a home defense too. So it's like even a, and, and aren't the Jets supposed to have like a decent defense? Yeah, well, they don't. Uh, And it looks like both Smith and Collins might be back for this game too. And I really think that's been one of the keys, like Smith being out on the offensive line for the Cowboys has severely impacted their offense. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it definitely has. Also, Kellen Moore being a big coward uh, seems to be 
influencing their offense a little bit as well. I, I think the Cowboys are going to roll in this game, but I mean, dude, I don't know. I might play the Jets defense in cash games. I, I need to think about it some more. All right. Well, what's a better play then? Would you rather play the Jets at 1500, the Bengals against Lamar, who continuously get sacked as long as you blitz them at seventeen hundred bucks, or the Cardinals, who are going to face like fifty pass attempts with against Matt Ryan at nineteen hundred. I think the Cardinals are the best play of those three. Yeah, I actually think you're right, and because Matt Ryan just loves to give up the turnovers and, and like horrible turnovers too. I actually think you're probably right. The Cardinals probably are the best. You could do that, or you could potentially go up a little bit. The Chiefs are twenty five hundred. I think they might end up being like the chalk cash defense. Now, what? I know we don't. We don't. Yeah. Really? Yeah, because the the Texans have the Texans have given up so many sacks. I'm just I'm sitting here looking at it. Mm, uh, oh no, no, the Vikings are going to be the chalk cash defense. I don't like that at all. Yeah, the Vikings are definitely going to be it. But the the Vikings aren't a good fantasy defense. They're like a good real life defense. They're just going to, they, they are going to be, they're going to face a, a good amount of pass attempts. I mean, so are the Chiefs. I don't think anyone will play. I don't know if people, I'm assuming people won't play the Dolphins, assuming people won't play the Browns. Maybe people play the Broncos, but they're a little bit more expensive. Oh, no. Uh, people are going to play the Redskins for sure. P- uh, you think so? Yeah, I do. I 32, think 3,200. It's a bit pricey. I would, I mean, I would have been super interested if they were like twenty three hundred bucks. They the one good thing that they actually have is a defensive line. They can pressure the quarterback, and Rosen is terrible. Yeah, Rosen is really bad. Uh, I mean, they're like a, and maybe you're right because they're like a good season long ad or whatever. So maybe I don't know if they end up being like chalk, but yeah, they're they're. I I mean, I will include them in in MME stuff for sure. Yeah, like if we just try to cross off defenses and we go to the top, like I'm probably not going to play the Cowboys for 4300 bucks, especially with Darnold back. Uh, the Ravens against Cincinnati, yeah, the, the Ravens aren't really a good defense at all, and 4100 is a bit much after the other options that we talked about. Maybe Seattle, probably not. Maybe the Rams. Ah, the Rams are interesting. Dude, who, is, who is playing the Ravens defense at 4100 People who think that this is 2002, and they're like, oh, Ravens, great defense, and not realizing that their defense is not good. Yeah, it's horrible. They they're just getting roasted by everybody. Saints D at thirty two hundred bucks is actually quite good, yeah. especially if everyone's using the Redskins. Give me the Saints D. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. So Saints, what about Niners against the Rams? Niners against the Rams. Like they're, they're getting pressure. Goff is good for a couple horrible picks a game. I just, I just don't, I, I really do not like to play road defenses. That seems like a weird thing to lock yourself into considering that road teams have been really good this year. Got to go back to the historical trends, Pat. So you're using that flow chart. Uh, I'm, I'm going the flow chart of like the, the flow chart for home defense or the flow chart for defensive streaming is team playing at home, facing a lot of pass attempts so the Rams are at least, or the 49ers are at least going to do half of that, which is the Rams are just one of the pass heaviest teams in the NFL right now. They are. I'm looking at, let's see, through week five, adjusted sack rate. San Francisco is third in adjusted sack rate. Tennessee is actually fifth. So maybe if they can somehow get out on top of that game and they just have open season on Flacco, that could be a sneaky defense. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I, I. I'm in. I'm in on. Uh, I'm in on anyone against Flacco. I just. I think he's so bad. 
Well, one of the big things I like to do every week is look at like top 10 in terms of pressure versus bottom 10 in terms of offensive line. Like the Saints are number six in adjusted sack rate uh, for a defensive line. I believe the Jags, let me just make sure I have the correct number on this. Uh, the Jags are, no, they've gotten better. They're like middle of the pack. They're 15th. But Seattle uh, can't block uh, and they're going up against the Browns. No one's going to play the Browns defense, I don't think. Do you? No, no one's going to play the Browns defense. They could be in a decent spot here. So, I mean, you run into the same issue with the Seahawks that you run into with the Vikings in terms of playing defenses against them, which is uh, they just want – they like if if this game is 10-0 for Seattle, you can basically lock in under 30 passing attempts, and if teams aren't passing against you, you're not going to get fantasy points. Okay, that's fair. So New Orleans versus the Jags rates out really well. Um, San Francisco, what's the Rams offensive line up to? Has it been good or bad? It's been really good. So maybe not the Niners unless they can just overcome that. And then you have Kansas City and Seattle or Kansas City and Houston. Like maybe that is the one. Kansas City is a good defense because they just you know, they are going to get a lot of sack like like sack chances. I don't know how many sacks they'll actually get, but they're going to get a lot of chances to do them. Would you be surprised to know that Atlanta has only given up 12 sacks so far? Doesn't it seem like more than that? Uh, I mean, it would surprise me to know, like if they were like low in like sack opportunities allowed, that would be surprising to me. I'm trying to find where's Baltimore at in terms of like, even like they have no pass rush. They have nine sacks so far this year. Yeah, they're yeah, they're not very good. Yeah, they're they're 26th in adjusted sack rate. It's not very good. Arizona is 18th. At least they have 12 sacks. I I, I think I'm gonna. Ari- uh, I could I could really see Arizona like winning someone the Millionaire Maker. Arizona D. Yeah, they're the Philly D of last week. Just like Matt Ryan just goes on the road, has this miserable game. Kyler just like dunks on him, and he, just because the I I think the 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 the. Arizona is just not good or uh, Atlanta is just not good. And they, and Ryan is just one of these, he just has these horrible turnovers. I'm just, I'm trying to find like all the best teams in terms of sack rate are off of this slate, which is just really weird. Like if you look at the best defensive line so far in generating pressure, new England's number one, Pittsburgh uh, is number two. Carolina's number three. Green Bay is number eight. Chicago is number nine. The Giants are actually number 11. The Chargers are number 12. It's just, it's fucked. There's no really good defenses that you can go to. So yeah, I I guess it's going to be New Orleans is probably the best play unless you just save all the money for the Cardinals and build the rest of your team strong. Mm, I like, if I was going to say I need one defense to get me double digit fantasy points, I would I probably would say the Broncos. Why the Broncos, though? Um, because this line suggests that Denver should be leading most of this game, and they have run so bad on defense this year. Uh, they like they they only have five sacks on the season, despite having all these good players. I know Bradley Chubb is hurt, and if you just get Marcus Mariota dropping back forty five times in a game. 
that dude is just going to give up the sacks and give up the turnovers. Yeah, but he doesn't. That's the thing. He gives up the sacks, but he doesn't turn the ball over. And the line in this game would suggest to me that both teams are just going to, it's two and a half. Like they're not even getting the full three at home. That this just leads me to believe that both teams are just going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Like I don't necessarily know if I would bet the under in terms of total points, but I would bet the under in terms of actual game runtime on TV. Yeah, maybe. I, I mean, I well, not maybe. You're definitely right. Both of these teams just want to run the ball. However, Mariota, I mean, if we if we want to play this game a little bit, he's definitely due for uh, some regression. He has zero interceptions on the year. His career rate's 2.4%. So he's he's got a little bit of regression to do. Yeah, but the thing is, he's not forcing – like, he's not good. I'm not trying to say Mariota's good at all because he's not. Yeah, you're but just saying he's not turnover prone. I, I'm saying that the reason that he's not turnover prone is because he's not forcing throws as he's about to get sacked. He's just ducking and covering with the ball and just taking sacks. Well, just taking sacks means you can get to ta- – if you don't score very many points and you take five sacks – there you go. 10, 10 DK points. But I, why wouldn't I just use the better offensive, the better defensive line of New Orleans, who I know is probably going to score points, and they're definitely going to get pressure on Minshew, who loves just randomly fumbling. What if what if Goatner just goats on them, puts up 40, doesn't turn the ball over? I, I, I Would you like to make that bet? I'll give you a two no. to one. No, I wouldn't like to make that bet. Yeah, so I think the Saints are the they're the. I mean, the, the clear answer might be uh, it's not even Dallas because I, I, I let me. I haven't even looked. Let me look. Let me see who we have projected for the most points. I should probably look at that. We have we do have Dallas and Washington projected for the two most like uh, most amount of points, but uh, like defensive projections, you know that's tough. I, I would say that defensive projections, like projecting a team defense, has to be the least accurate thing going. Yeah, it's just it's not it's not easy to do. All right. Any final thoughts on your early thoughts of the slate? Anything that you're, you've come around to now that we've talked this through? I mean, it just seems like this, and this is the, the case with a lot of, well, once we get into the bye weeks and stuff, but injuries are huge here. You know, Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill, and David Johnson injury news, uh, that, that's going to determine, you know, just base level construction for uh, everyone's team in cash. And, you know, 50% of teams in tournaments are going to, be changed somehow reliant on that news all right so if we just pretend like all those guys are out david johnson tyree kill sammy Watkins, and you only had to play one of these guys you could only have the room for them and it was chase Chase, it'd be chase over pringle chase i would probably make chase like running back four on the week or something if david johnson doesn't play really running back four they don't have any backups, so they don't have any like they they literally have not had another running back play a snap this year on on Arizona. Uh, DJ Foster has has yet to record um, a touch, and uh, they are favorites against this. Uh, well, I think they're I think they're one and a half point favorites. So that that might not be right by the time that uh, this line comes out. And they run more plays than anyone. Edmonds they they've actually been running at the goal line, which I think is kind of interesting for uh, you know a, an air raid team. So. Yeah, and Edmonds will just be the the stone best play. I think since we've talked, I've reversed my idea of the Cousins, Thielen, Diggs type of move that now that we've talked through these running backs, talked about the lack of options down at receiver, uh, maybe you do have to pay down at running back. I'm coming around to Delvin Cook, and I think that the narrative and the actual like numbers on Philadelphia secondary being so terrible and the run defense being so good is that I think people will talk themselves out of Delvin Cook, and that's probably a mistake. Yeah, of course they are a home favorite and Dalvin cook gets like all the touches. He he's a great play. Played 
Dalvin Cook and Nick Chubb, and I think you're looking pretty good. And then, oh my gosh, dude, you you want to talk about a a workhorse guy who's not going to get owned? I mean, if Nick Chubb was under five percent in the Millie Maker, would you be surprised? No, considering he was two weeks ago, because everyone overrated the Baltimore defense. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a, it's a real thing. So Nick Chubb definitely in my player pool this week. All right. Davis Maddock, you can check him out at Roto Experts and Daily Roto. By the way, I I misspoke. The Arizona Cardinals are a home dog to the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, really? I thought they were favored by Uh, the point. No, this this line that I'm looking at has him as two and a half point dog. I'm going to go bet that right now. That's what I see, Ray. I think that just, yeah, I guess if you just bet against Atlanta every single week, you're going to be doing fine. Um, I bet I, I bet on Arizona a lot of weeks and other and they've been great. They've been great. I think they're four and one against the spread. Yeah, they're Bills esque against the spread. People, they just like no one has any respect for Kyler, and he's just he's going to be so great. We'll see about that. Uh, maybe if you can just get into the end zone a few times, it'd be nice. Considering I'm I've talked myself into playing him this week, I totally. What, what does he have? Does he have like? Does he have two touchdown passes? Uh, Fitz has a touchdown catch, so he has at least no, one. He has, so he has 201 passing attempts, four passing touchdowns. My goodness. So he's the anti-Mariota. Yeah. He has two rushing touchdowns, though. I mean, m- more of those would be good for everything. Who's on the take cast this week? Dylan Fratelli. Dial- Hot fire Dylon Fratelli? Dylon, Dylon, Dylon. Yeah, he's going to be on the show this week. I'd say he's the best five take cast guess of guess of all time but i was on last week if people want to go check that out because it's evergreen stuff that's all it's oh yeah that, that, they can listen to that a year from now it'll still be good you should re-release it get double the downloads deal yeah when you have like uh, over christmas time when like you don't want to produce any content just rerun that one and people won't be the wiser we have like three week at rerun that's true maybe do a best of hire yourself a producer get it cut up or i'll just like hop on my phone and talk to you again for an hour I'll hire my I'll hire uh, a producer named uh, named Davis Maddock. That'll be who produces that show. There you go. Do you, are you are you one to put together best of compilations? Have you ever done that before? Because I have, and it fucking sucks. I've never done it, and uh, knowing myself, that's never going to be something that uh, the Tate cast gets to see unless we do actually hire someone to edit and produce it for me. Yeah, like scanning back through all the shows to try to find the best moments. It's, it's Dude, not ab- uh, utterly miserable. Like, it's, just, it's uh, uh, we, no, we had someone do it for the Swole cast once, and it took them like a week. Yeah, it's not great. I had a guy when I worked at Fantasy, uh, shout out Derek, who's out of the industry now because that place went under but he would just clip all the stuff every single day like i would do all the editing on the shows and he would be the one who switched it he just write down the times then after i was done he'd just go cut out the best of clips super sharp i guess that is the right way to do it yeah but you need someone dedicated to doing that is the problem like an yeah, actual you can't just have someone coming in or out yeah, and like an actual producer is concerned about producing the show that you're currently doing. Uh, so there's not right. Yeah, they're not they're not making notes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, subscribe to the Take Cast. Follow Davis on Twitter at Davis Maddock. And if you want to get a sub to Daily Roto, especially with basketball coming up, use the promo code the PME at checkout and get yourself a discount. Other than that. I'm Pat Mayo. My cheat sheet will be out on Friday. Play in the Pat Mayo Experience DraftKings Listeners League. Getting those giveaways that I talked about, especially those iTunes review, which are huge currency in my 
line of work. So please go do that and get yourself into a draw for 20 DK bucks at the same time. It takes 30 seconds. So if you win, gigantic ROI, bigger ROI than you've probably ever had playing on DraftKings. So go do that as well. Uh, And check the description for all the links to all the shows. Spread Show will be out on Wednesday evening. I think that's everything. So good luck in week six. That was the early look at the DraftKings prices. I'll see you next time. Experience! Experience!